0: Welcome to the week six L.A. City baseball video. Connor Morissette and Alex Scar. Alex, it's spring break for a lot of LAUSD students, but baseball teams, they're taking no days off. we got yep. teams in San Diego in Las Vegas. Tough for us to cover some of these games, but baseball still going on even though school is not in session.
1: Yeah, some of them are playing right now as we speak. Yeah. they got some morning games, some afternoon games. They're going to be playing all week this is the best time of the season for a lot of these kids. They get to go out of state, they're riding the bus with the teammates, they're staying in hotels, they're playing laser tag after games. <laughs> yeah, a
0: lot of good stuff on Twitter we're seeing. Yeah,
1: it's a lot, a lot of fun. I know El Camino Real is having a good time, Birmingham's having a good time, and most of these schools in our top 10, they are out of the area right now. Yeah, so they I think are all playing. of them are. Yeah, at least most of them are, and they're playing some really good baseball as we uh, head towards the final weeks of the season.
0: So before we get into our top 10, remember it's 12 teams who make the open division, so we have our 10 right now, and we'll get to that in a second. But who are some teams, Alex who you think are right on that outside, looking in, who maybe will get the 11th, 12th seeds in that open division in a few weeks.
1: Well, you know what, Connor? As we head towards the end of the season, some of the teams we talked about earlier, they're starting to fall off. Yeah. I, mean, I think some of those open division cases, something a team like Silmar, for instance, it's probably they're, done. they're starting to fall down a little bit, and, yeah, their odds, I think, are, are pretty slim. But some of the teams that are making some nice cases with some recent wins, I think Kennedy and Granada Hills. I was okay. at the Granada Hills-Chatsworth game. We'll talk about Chatsworth in a second, but just chatting about here, Granada Hills. They they're 10-10 right now, 1-3 and 3 in league. Picked up their first league win against Chatsworth, a 5-2 to victory. Jude Gustafson, just a freshman, a complete game there against Chatsworth. Nick Quintero hit his first high school bomb, a shot to left field. And Isaiah Velasco, three RBIs, a, a three-run double. They're in Vegas now. So Granada Hills, a couple of nice wins here. If they can string them together in league, I think the open division case will be a little bit more solid. But for now, they're right there.
0: And you saw them last year sneak in at number 12. Maybe they'll do something similar this year. And that series against Taft coming up in a few weeks will be huge because I think...
1: The winner of that kind of becomes de facto last spot in Open Division. I
0: agree. And if it's a split, maybe, you know, we'll ask some questions. But remember, Chatsworth swept Taft. Granada picked up a win against Chatsworth. So... Right now, that favors Granada for sure. Yeah, so they should have a shot to make the open division. I agree with you. And then Kennedy, yeah, they're coming on strong as well.
1: Yeah, they went twelve and zero and three and two against Sylmar. They had to walk off against Sylmar in twelve innings in that second game. But Miguel Velasquez for the week went five for ten, four RBIs. Kennedy's eight and six right now, and they get San Fernando at the end of the yep. month, and that's the, uh, excuse me at the beginning of, of May. Yeah, end season, of the year, end of the year. So that's really going to tell us what is this team made of, and if they win out through Valley Mission League and then are undefeated going into that San Fernando game, that's going to decide the league title. So those have huge implications, those games. But it seems like the more that they play, the more they win, that open division case is becoming stronger just outside of our top 10, but don't write them off for the open division.
0: And you mentioned San Fernando. They are number 10 this week. They're 13-4, and swept panorama pretty much as expected, and they're playing in the Blazers Spring Bash in Vegas this week. We wanted them to go out and beat Panorama twice, and that's what they did, pretty easy stuff for the Tigers.
1: Yeah, Panorama, Reseda, Canoga Park, not a ton of tough competition in the Valley Mission League like I just got done talking about. They get Kennedy in that first week of May. That's going to be that really big test. Silmar doesn't look like they really have the legs to compete with these two teams. They're going to be a tough out in Division One, but it seems like it's going to be Kennedy and San Fernando. Like you mentioned, 13-4, 8-0 in league. They're just rolling right now.
0: At number nine, we have Chatsworth. They were seven a week ago. They slipped two spots after splitting with Granada Hills this past week Alex you mentioned how you are at that second game yeah. where Granada won so why does Chatsworth fall
1: well Chatsworth fall I just don't see enough from them I thought maybe this year they would be able to scrap together a couple of wins piece of things together now of course the season isn't over just because you drop one game to Granada Hills but I wasn't really impressed with that talent that I saw that day maybe I just caught him on a bad day it was a Friday afternoon maybe it just wasn't a good day of school things happen one thing one guy I was impressed by Austin Correa we talked about him last year kids is stud he's really their best best hitter, but then also catcher Gabino Lopez. Just a junior, really excited with what that kid brings. Got a good arm behind the dish, a nice sweet swing. He's going to be a nice player. And Roman Wayne on the hill had a nice, decent fastball. Thing is, he just left a couple of pitches up. We talked about Quintero hitting a bomb. Isaiah Velasco hitting a three RBI double to the gap. Just a couple of mistakes. But Chatsworth, hey, you got to win games. These other teams, that's what they're doing. They're going out, and they're sweeping their league opponents. I think is probably the best league opponent that some of these teams have faced. But still, you got to go out and win ballgames.
0: Yeah, and Chatsworth did sweep Taft a couple weeks ago. but giving up that first win to Granada. It's good for Granada to get up the night, but, yeah, it stings for uh, Chatsworth. So, they are up to nine. Number eight, Polly, 11-7-1. They swept Monroe and beat St. Genevieve on Saturday. They're in Vegas, just like a bunch of these teams. And, Alex, I have in my notes here, they play North Hollywood, which, on paper, might be kind of a tough matchup, but they the rest of the regular season against L.A. City competition, they really shouldn't drop a game.
1: No, I don't think so. They should go undefeated. Verdugo Hills was... That was the big test in and the East Valley two yeah, 2-0 wins 2-2-0 last week. Two 2-0 wins, exactly. They swept them. So it seems like they should roll undefeated, and that will cement them in the open Certainly. division. There's really no question about that. Like you mentioned, they swept Monroe. How about Arthur Rivera? A five-inning shutout. We haven't talked about him at all. He came out, pitched really, really well against Monroe, and then Christian Ruiz went three for four. And then, of course, the guy we talk about every week, Elias Galavis, he gave himself a complete game one- hit shutout. Struck out 11. Pauly's a really tough pitching team. I saw them against El Camino Real. Shut them down. Saw them against Cleveland. Shut them down again. So they can really attack and take it to some of these really, really good lineups. And that's why we have Pauly just ahead of Chatsworth.
0: Certainly a dark horse title contending team when you have that kind of pitching. It'll be tough. Got to get the bats going. Got to get the bats Do they have going, enough yeah. depth? That's a question. But if Elias Galavis can uh, throw a couple gems, next thing you know I they're in know. the semifinals, That that is a real possibility this year. We're not Absolutely. looking at an all-West Valley of the last four, I, I believe. So we'll see. You know, what do I know? But I don't know. It's a little <laughs> different this it's year. Open. It just kind of feels definitely like definitely open. Number seven, Banning, 11-9. and nine. Last week, split with Carson. That first game you were there, 15-1. Uh, to one, It was weird. Dominating win. Jar Bellinger was you injured, right? Yeah, so – they chased him out of the game, but it was an injury. Still, though, the bats were going crazy for Banning in that game, like nothing we've seen. And then they dropped the next game, though, to Carson 7-2. to So what happened in that first game? Anthony Hoya was dealing, it sounded yep. like, and the bats were just ripping.
1: That game... That shouldn't have been a 15-to-1 game. jaw Bellinger, not exactly sure what happened. Maybe It looked like it might have been a groin. Couldn't finish his pitches. He got out of that second inning, I believe. Couldn't finish that second inning. And then I think maybe Coach McCarros was just like, let's punt this one. We've got them later. Let's get some guys some innings. And things just did not go Didn't well. Didn't go well. 15-to-1, and it seemed like everything Banning was hitting. The wind was carrying a little bit. Balls were flying out to center field. So the score looks a lot worse than it is. But Anthony Hoya, he struck out 11 you score one run, doesn't matter if the other scores, other team scores 15 or they score two, you're still not going to win the game, and Hoya pitched really, really well. So for Banning right now, they split. That 15 to 1 game might not be exactly accurate, but hey, a win's a win, and they'll certainly take it.
0: And a couple weeks ago, we had Banning outside our top 10, and we were wondering, where are these quality wins? They're losing a lot of games as a young team. Well, in that time, they've beaten Palisades, and they've picked up a win against Palos Carson. That's right back. And those two wins... Are enough to get that third team into the Marine League, I think. I think San Pedro for sure, Carson for sure, and then Banning will have a great opportunity as well, because uh, we talked about the two teams who are kind of on the outside of that top 10, maybe the 11, 12 seed, Granada Hills, Kennedy. I think Banning is pretty firmly in front of those two teams.
1: Well, if you just look at who was in the open division last year, Roosevelt, they were a five seed last year. I don't think they're really in any position to make a jump into the open division. So there are going to be some spots open. I know Kennedy, they were a high seed last year. They're probably not going to be that high this year. So seeds are out there for the taking And I think you can pretty much write it, maybe in pencil, not pen, not sharpie, write it in pencil, three Marine League teams in the Open Division.
0: At six, the team who split with Banning last week, it's Carson, so we touched on them a little bit with Jaja Bellinger getting hurt. Hopefully he'll be okay because Carson's going to need him to pitch and his bat is so important, does a little bit of everything for that team. You saw him lose 15-1, to but you kind of talked about how maybe they punted a little bit, so that loss, of course it concerns you, but... It's not a devastating loss, so to speak. Correct?
1: No, not really a backbreaker, and for that reason, we still have Carson ahead of Banning. Because in that second game, Nick Salas pitched really well, six and a third innings, just gave up one run, struck out five. That was a one-run ball game going into the seventh inning, and then Carson explodes for five runs, and they win that one seven to two. The reason that I keep Carson ahead of Banning, if Jaja finishes that game, it's an entirely different story, and that's what I was hoping I would see. Yeah, I'd of see an ace off, right? I'd see Anthony Hoyer for Banning, and then I'd see Bellinger for Carson, and of course, Bellinger gets banged up a little bit. I really hope his arm is still healthy. Yeah. It wasn't an arm issue. It wasn't a shoulder or an elbow. Maybe it's a lower body. It's a groin. Those things that can kind of heal a little bit more quickly, get him back on the hill, because he's a huge piece. And when he's on, he's untouchable.
0: I agree. We saw what he was able to do against Cleveland.
1: Yeah. Remember, dominated.
0: Cleveland, we almost had them number one a couple weeks ago. We'll get to them in a little bit. He dominated them and Carson won 10, nothing on that day. So when he's on, he's on Cleveland, a title contender for sure. And Jaja Bellinger blanked him or them, I should say. So who knows man sometimes in the city section baseball it gets kind of crazy it's Palisades weird. yeah it's number 5 they're 17 and 3 they swept Westchester pretty similar to San Fernando with Panorama we Thought that they would have a good outcome against Westchester, and that's what happened, 8-2 to and 11 nothing. They're in San Diego this week. Good to see the bats come alive for the Pally Dolphins.
1: Yeah, we thought that would happen, like you mentioned. I thought Westchester, they'd give them opportunities. They would throw the ball over the middle of the plate, and when it wasn't down the middle, it might be off the zone. They're going to walk guys. They're going to give you opportunities, and guys seem to take advantage of it. Jared Brecker, Conrad Smith, both went 3-for-3. Three three. Will Coquillard had a nice day, went 3-for-5. Lucas Braun struck got 12 and 6 innings. And then we talked about Will Coquillard coming back on the hill for Palisades. He's been a little bit hurt. Hasn't thrown a ton. Willie went five innings. Just gave up two hits. Struck out eleven. So Palisades, that's called taking care of business. Now they're down in San Diego. I think they get Otay Ranch earlier this yep. week. It's those are some tough teams they're going to mm-hmm. face. San Diego's no slouch for baseball, so they're going to be tested.
0: Seems like the majority teams in that ten to six range are in Vegas. They're in Vegas. And then the the top, top teams seem to be in San Diego. Yep, I agree. Four Birmingham, twelve and ten. They swept Taft. Five nothing and six nothing. Lost to Crescenta Valley in the middle of the week though, seven six in uh, nine like innings. Extras, I believe. Yeah. yeah so really tough loss for them. Uh, and they're the one team that's in Vegas in the top five. So gotta give a shout out to Birmingham. Looks like they're having a blast. You mentioned. Oh the yeah, racer. the laser tag.
1: And <laughs> they went to Buffalo Wild Wings playing some dodgeball. Dude. <laughs> no, I missed being I miss part of the team. Scoring. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I know. Awesome. Um, So the pitching. The pitching has been a big question with Birmingham, but Gavino Rosales threw a complete game in Game 2 against Taft. Burke Garcia returned to form and pitched a complete game in Game 1. It's good to see – the pitchers kind of go out and shove yeah. a little bit because against Cleveland, some of the pitching in that series was uh, a little bit questionable, and uh, Birmingham looks to be back. I know it's Taft, probably the worst team in the West Valley League, but still nice to see them go out and get a result.
1: Yeah, a couple things I liked about this, a couple of shutouts. Maybe you're not putting up 10 runs. Maybe you're not mercying them, but the pitching is alive, and I don't care who the competition is. When you dominate a lineup and you throw a shutout, that builds confidence. A pair of complete games, yeah. that's really impressive well, for Burt to Only two arms in two games, back. yeah. Exactly, so that the bullpen stays healthy. Burt gets kind of back on the horse a little bit. Talk about Gavino Rosales, a complete game four hitter, really dominating uh, Taft there. Then welcome back, Johnny Tincher had a couple of knocks in the game against Taft. Kevin almost went two for three and had two RBIs. And we got to shout out Burt Garcia, win number 20 in his high school career. Got another senior season to go. I think he can easily get to 30. So congrats to Albert.
0: And Taft has a couple tough bats in that lineup as well. It's not easy No, it's not a pushover. Yeah, so I want to give those guys credit. And uh, we'll see if they can bounce back in the West Valley League, a little bit more, because remember, started 0-2 against Cleveland, now you move on to 2-2, two two. we'll see if they can keep climbing the ladder. At number three, San Pedro, 19-1, and swept Rancho Dominguez last week, 15 wins in a row now for them, incredible, <laughs> three-run bomb for Jake Harper in one of those games, it's the Bats, I mean, allowing uh, six runs, I think, in one of those Rancho Dominguez games, not a great look, Rancho's and not scratcher. that good of a team, but... The bats are alive, and uh, that's what we've talked about week in and week out with this team. Pretty much 1-9, to they can hit.
1: Yeah, I have in my notes here, are we crazy to not have them number one? Yeah,
0: Eric Sondheimer still rides with them as the top team in the city in his top 25, which makes sense. It's understandable.
1: And they're 19-1, and right? You just look at the record, you think there's no way there's a team that's better than they are, and we we have all kinds of rationale to talk about this. But we're talking about San Pedro right now. Jake Harper, just a double short of the cycle, had a three-run home run, had a triple, a single, four RBIs. They're in San Diego this week. I think they have Francis Parker here today, so they're going to be tested early, like we were talking about some of these other teams. Palisades getting tested. Pedro's going to be tested. Talk about Cleveland, El Camino. All of these teams playing the best that San Diego has to offer, so we're going to see. Does San Pedro have the pitching to slow down yeah. some of those good San Diego lineups? We know they have the hitting, but if Scott is not on, who gets the ball? Who do they turn to, and who can shut down a lineup? And those questions, hopefully, will be answered this week. So
0: the rationale for me, having them three, the pitching is still a bit of a Pitching's question mark, and a I know season. they've won 15 in a row, so how can you say that the strength of schedule is
1: not quite as good,
0: yeah, is also right there. I'd love to see them get a Valley or a West Valley League team on the schedule just on a Saturday and kind of yeah. see what would happen if they went up against a Birmingham or a Cleveland or an El Camino Real. That could be a really fun, uh, can add to the playoffs, yeah, just to kind of see where they're at with that. So that's my rationale because I think these West Valley League teams, looking at Cleveland, looking at El Camino Real, they are really challenging themselves in the league and then outside the league as well. San Pedro, not quite. You got to respect the 15 wins in a row, and yeah. I certainly think they're an open division contender. Oh, yeah. Like I said last week. A I
1: semifinal think, team, I think. Yeah,
0: the top three teams all have, in my eyes, a 33% chance. I think it's that close. But they're three because of that pitching and the strength of schedule. At 2, we have Cleveland, and I was at that first game against El Camino yep. Real last week. It was a walk-off, right? It was. Kai Moran had a little single off of Cole Kitchen. Next thing you know, Cleveland wins 3-2 after trailing 2-1 for a lot of that game. Cleveland was up one nothing early, and then Elko picked up two runs in the 4th of the 5th, I believe. And then from there, uh, Cleveland they had a big 7th inning and won the game. Next, uh, or two days later, though, Andy Ombres Flip hits a big grand slam in El Camino. Goodbye. Real wins, so that's why... Uh, I guess the run margin is why we have them one and two because those games were so close. But yeah. uh, with Cleveland, Elko probably should have swept. you got to give Cleveland credit for winning games. They've won a lot of games where you thought, oh, how did they win this one? Thousand Oaks comes to mind where Thousand Oaks out hit them by like six hits or something, and they still won that game against Elko. Cole Kitchen was dealing. They got to them. They find ways to win ball games, which is really impressive. Uh, so I don't want to hold the style points against them a little bit because they're winning games, but that's kind of the question mark I had. Yeah. Elko... Played really well and the game got away from them in that first one. Probably should have ended up sweeping Cleveland, but they didn't, so Cleveland stays at number two because they're winning games.
1: Yeah, any way you can, right? Can't defend perfect placement, hit them where they ain't, doesn't matter any put on any of these baseball yeah. cliches. Cleveland seems to scratch and claw and get these victories. And we talked about why San Pedro isn't in the top two. It's the pitching. And for Cleveland, it seems like their starting pitching is really solid. Yeah. We talk about Brayden Lowe, the freshman, Chris Lozano, the junior. Both of those guys pitched really, really well against El Camino Real. So, Cleveland, it's one and it's one A. Yeah. I said last week, El Camino Real, they're the best team here in the city section. I still believe that. But I think Cleveland, of any team, they're the closest behind.
0: I agree with that. And at number one, like we've been saying, El Camino Real, 13-6-1, split with Cleveland. Cleveland, like we said, losing 3-2 to and then winning 8-2. to The fact that Cleveland got to Cole Kitchen I thought was interesting, but, you know, they didn't really get to him. I was going to ask
1: you, any hard-hit balls, any s- stuff in the gap? So
0: there was, I don't want to call it an error, but one really kind of key hit right to the second baseman, slow roller, runner save. Like, I wouldn't say that Cleveland went out and really... Raked him. Yeah, not at all. And Cole's a fantastic pitcher, probably number two or number three in the city in our eyes. And I thought he pitched really well, but Cleveland, like they've done all year, they've kind of found ways to win. So I wouldn't say, oh, you know, Cleveland beat Cole Kitchen, watch out in the playoffs, he's going to get in trouble. No, it was just another really solid afternoon from him. He was pitching in the seventh. No one else from Elko got the ball in that first game. Uh, Coach Leinhardt said, hey, you know, go out and win the game for us. It came up a little short on that occasion, but I don't look at Cole Kitchen any different after that game. And I I still think the one-two punch of him and Adam Christopher is going to be huge in the playoffs. The lineup with Ombres, he's probably the best power hitter in the city, right? Yeah, he's raking right now. I I think that team is really, really strong, and I agree. If it ended today, I'd probably pick them to win the whole thing.
1: Yeah, and we talked about it last year, and the theme continues this year. It's pitching. In the playoffs, it's pitching. If you can throw starters back-to-back in the same game, you have an entire week between games, certainly in the later rounds, so that makes such a big difference. Cole Kitchen and Adam Christopher, they're the best one two punch right now in the city. Adam Christopher had a great outing against Cleveland. We talked about Joey Klein as a good hitter. He also pitches pretty well. They beat Redondo yeah. 10 to nothing, yeah. and Redondo's a pretty good team. So, El Camino, the things are clicking right now. League play with Birmingham, that's still looming. Uh-huh. Of course, the big rivalry with Chatsworth, that's still coming. A couple of big games, you can't stub your toe. you got to take care of business. If a team beats you, they beat you. But I'm sure Linehart, at this point in the season, he's saying, just can't beat ourselves. Yeah. Go out, play like we know how to play, throw strikes, feel the ball, know where we're going every single pitch, and hopefully things will take care of themselves because the talent, like you mentioned, pitching is there. Andy ombry's bolstering that lineup. They're a really tough team, and that's why we have a number one. Yeah,
0: you just love the way the lineup's built with or the roster's built, I should say. Good pitching, good hitting. It's a it's a good, consistent team.
1: All-around complete yeah, team, yeah. and so
0: for the second week in a row now, or it might be third, I forget when we uh, flipped them in Birmingham, but Elko remains at number one. King of Ks, Alex, Anthony, Hoya at Banning. Yes, only sir. five innings of work, but struck out 11 in that 15-1 to win against Carson. You were there, and we'll yeah. play the video right now. Strikeout after strikeout after strikeout. Oh, yeah.
1: Now, I don't want to take anything more away from Hoya. I already said that Carson was down a little bit. Dude, the umpire in this game, I don't know if the umpire (laughs) had a date or an early dinner reservation. The strikeouts were way above the letters. He wasn't afraid to ring up anybody, but that doesn't matter. Hoya was still missing a ton of bats. Guys weren't barreling him up. He just got bailed out on a couple of calls, but there will be a couple of strikeouts in this video. You're looking at it like, dude, really? And I think the Carson fans are thinking, like, you got to be kidding me. Either way, it doesn't matter. Striking out 11 in five innings, most of his strikeouts were of the swinging variety anyway, so that till, still tells me he's a dominant pitcher. And finally, Anthony Hoya, team, a pitcher we've been talking about all year, gets a shout-out on our King of Ks.
0: Yep, pitched really well. Only a sophomore, so he'll be one to watch not only this year, but for years to come. He's going to get come. so much better. I, absolutely, yeah. He, he has the the genes. He's and a tall kid. body, it, yeah. man. A yep. big
1: lefty who throws in the high 80s As a sophomore. He's already 6'1", about 200 pounds. Colleges, I'm sure, are already college. Yeah, in the
0: summer he took a visit to the University of Miami for a camp, and they worked him out. They're recruiting him a little bit, so we'll see what happens uh, with that story. Games to watch, like we said, unless you're in Vegas or San Diego, really not much going on in the city section this week. So enjoy spring break if you're not on the baseball field and you can relax. If you're playing baseball, keep grinding, keep going hard, because these tournaments, you know, good way to stay in shape. Don't really hold much weight in terms of seating and stuff for the city section. but but you know, the reps, it's important. Have fun, bond. That's what a lot of these guys are going to do. It's a good time. That'll do it for the Week 6 LA City Baseball video. He's Alex Scar. I'm Connor Morissette. We'll be back in two weeks after the spring break tournaments come to a close and league play picks back up. We'll be back to recap that week. So look out for us in about 14 days' time. See you next time.